And hey, everybody, we're back again. Uh, this is Ari from Five to Seven, and um, uh, and introducing uh, a small segment uh, called Moments, where I I talk to the uh, the folks in my life, folks in the party here, folks on the round table, and I ask them about you know uh, I I get them to explain to me sort of certain moments in their life that kind of change. Um, change their direction on, on, on whatever love, you know, work, um, you know, life in general. So, uh, that being said, um, our first sort of, uh, guinea pig for this experiment is, uh, Michael. (laughs) Maybe a ferret or something. Ferret. Yes, that's true. Actually. Yeah. Um, so basically what's going to end up happening is I'm just going to kind of let Michael do his thing. Um, I think I've asked Michael for three. Was that right? Three moments or? Yeah, that's what we were kind of initially okay. uh, going for. Yeah. So um, here we go. Michael, um, do me a favor. Name three moments in your life where you feel like it changed your your course of history, your your your, your sort of path. Yeah, it depends. You know, when you, when you when you put it that way, it's like I can think, you know, that you can think different ways. My original thought was this is three things that molded my personality or my outlook versus not necessarily a path of saying I should have, you know, gone right instead of left. And if I would have married this person versus that, because um, those are easy to find, you know, those sort of things. If I never would have gone in the military, you know, X, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, originally, like looking at personality, I mean, if you want three, you know, I could just name them off or, you know, like I said, I could go into actually it's funny on mine. The ones that always, you know, which I always think about and these are always on my mind to a point because they kind of shape how I outlook on things, why I am the way I am. And the very the chronological each happened a year apart. Um, so. So you've had three life-changing moments a year apart from each other? Yeah. And and how my view of, uh, you know, how it affects my life. Yes. And they still affect my life. Okay. To this point. And and are we talking like, are these, um, I'm assuming they're early age decisions? It's Uh, starting probably that would have been 11, 12, and 13. Oh, like as in 2000? No, 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 no. Like my age. Oh, oh, pardon me. When pardon I was 11, me. I was 12, when I was oh, 13. <laughs> right, right. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll shut up now. Yeah, do your thing. Oh, <laughs> shut up. No. I know. Um, so the first one, you know, none of these are fun. You know, I can be a smartass. And this is this actually plays into that, why I can be this way, as I play off the, my little defense mechanisms, Is are a lot of these things. That you, you, my, my father was in the Navy. Of he, I think he joined in like 49. So he retired in 69. He did his 20 odd years. And so he went through, you know, Korea, but that was before I was born. And then Vietnam after I was born. Um, so my father was, wasn't around a whole lot. You know, he was a naval heir. So he was deployed, you know, six, nine months at a time on ships or wherever. And, uh, so he wasn't around a whole lot growing up. 
And when my, when my dad retired, essentially my parents got divorced. Big shock. But what had happened was, since he wasn't around, that always kind of left a bit of a hole. But it never really phased me too much until at school, and I don't even think know that they do this anymore, but at the time they did. I was in fifth grade, and there was a, a father-son night. And that was unusual <laughs> because I didn't have a dad around. So it was like, okay, what do I do? And my mother had asked my teacher to keep an eye on me. She let me go to it and all. He did. And I love the teacher I had, Mr. Stevens. But we lived close enough, about two, three blocks away, I think, maybe four. So afterwards, I'm walking home just by myself. You know, this is probably like eight, nine at night or whatever. And I'm 12 years or 10 years old or whatever, 11. And it's dawning on me that I don't have a father Well, he was around, but it just kind of dawned on me. So living with that sort of thing, because even though he was around, my mother, knowing now that my mother pretty much tried to kept him away because they didn't get along. So that still affects me. Which has kind of guided my view on my kids, why I stuck out my marriage for so long, my first marriage. So I wouldn't leave my kids. It's interesting, um, Michael, because it's kind of like, I feel in a way, um, you telling me that, it's it's kind of like, I, I think that's worse than if your dad had just passed away or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. It's, it's. It's you it's know, it's being held, held it's held away from you. It's like that ball you just can't get. Right, you know? right. Not just that, but I mean, you know, if if he had passed away, it's like okay, he passed away. There's some closure there. There's some, um, it's you know the choice has been made. You know, there's a real sense of permanency there. But him sort of being there, but not being there. That's that's a choice, you know, and yeah. oh, okay. Sorry, I I, I won't interrupt. <laughs> oh, I, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you can you can do it. That's kind of like here's the first thing that it's just kind of going how and also that at that point I started feeling more just separated, just kind of alone. Because yes, I had an older sister, um. But she and my mother, they were always, my mother mainly, my mother, mother was trying to live her second childhood through my, my oldest sister, you know, sort of thing. She wanted to feel younger again. And my, you know, my sister resented that, you know, not, not surprisingly. So there was that conflict, you know, competition my mother had. And then I had an older brother who kind of was more rebellious and was always causing trouble, you know, you know, uh, not petty crime things, nothing major, but still just, he was, had issues, um, where I was kind of like kept to myself. And so I was kind of ignored, you know, so the, all that did was help kind of emphasize that. Was it because so, mainly, do you think because you just 
like you kept your nose clean. So it's kind of like, okay, well he kept his nose clean. So I don't really need, like he's, he's, he's okay. Like I don't really don't have to pay attention to him because he's doing fine on his own. Right. Okay. And this just kind of reinforced that a bit. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, okay, fine. That's just pushing me on that little way. And then the next school year, now we didn't have a lot of money. Parents had divorced, you know, dad was paying child support. Wasn't much. And for whatever reason, my mom didn't want to work. You know, she'd complain about money, but she wouldn't work, which was an option still at the time, even, you know, in 19, whatever, 70, 71, something like that. You know, you still could do that, even if it was part time to help out. So we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So like I would all um, like normal at that time, just take a whatever sandwich, what have you in a bag to, you know, for lunch school. And then one of the lunches, and I remember the guy who did this remember his name. He's dead now, you know, for whatever that's worth. I know that, but you know, I, I, we had whatever we had. So, you know, you used whatever you had. So if you didn't have a plastic wrap or whatever, well, we have these paper uh, plastic bags, you know, from bread bags. So I would bring a sandwich wrapped in a bread bag, but you know, in whatever bag I could have it in. And he just kind of, he was sitting across from me and he made a big deal out of this, you know, hey, everybody, look, dun, 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 dun. you know, I'm doing you know, point at me. And I, I, you know, just I left. I never ate lunch at school again the rest of my life. I still do not like group, known group meals. Hey, everybody, you know, we're a team of 10, 12 people, five people. Let's all go to lunch. I don't want to. So you've I'll, been... go, I'll eat with strangers, but I don't like people I know. I don't want to eat with them. It's I. It's like a phobia now. I know where it came from. I, that you know who is there, why it is. I know the reasons for these things, but that has caused me still. It's just like that anxiousness or whatever you want. Anxiety. That's the word. Um, to this have day, have you gone to so? Do you not have dinner out with the wife and friends and things like that? Or is that generally, you know, friends are one thing and there's generally not a whole group of them. Family isn't an issue. It's like I equate people at school with people I work with. It's that same sort of like casual acquaintance groupings. It's very specific <laughs> of, you know, what I am, you know, getting anxiety over. So, I'm not in school anymore, so I, it doesn't go away. It's just now equated to moved to work people, comrades or what have you. But I still get that same, you know, fear or not fear, just that anxiety, that anxiousness. Of- yeah. And I just will. It's like, can I find another reason not to do this? Because I really don't want to. I will go to things even if I'm forced to, but I won't eat. <laughs> Even at, I went to my, the only reunion I've ever gone to so far was 2008. Yeah, that was my 30 year re- reunion. And the dinner, the full dinner, they had a couple things before that, and that was okay, smaller groups. But the full dinner where everybody was there and presentations and all this other BS, it was a full dinner. I paid for the dinner. I paid for it for my wife, myself, and I even gave them extra money to help out for the whole thing. I didn't eat anything. So my wife kept trying to get me to eat. I'll go get you something. Nope. It's like, no, I 
not comfortable with this. I don't like it. Are you just, do you think it's that neuroses that kind of carried over? It's, it's just, you know, are you waiting for that guy to get up and point and be like, Hey, look what he's doing again. Um, I don't think so. I mean, like I said, I know the guy's name. I know he's not around anymore. I know he was uh, a more privileged person. His dad owned the only uh, funeral home in town. So it's not like, you know, he was uh, living on the edge or anything. And from what I remember, he kind of went south in terms of drugs and whatnot. Big surprise. That happens to a lot of people of that that happen to have money. They, you know indulge too much um i don't get any satisfaction in that because this has stuck with me for what it is you know so you know i look at the first thing you know and so family now i have this kind of added on because it's a family thing sort of thing but that's the only real relationship to it because it had to do with money and my upbringing whatever but it's how i internalized it i don't think anybody else in my family had that issue and, and i never told anybody it's like, you know, my wife knows these things, but um, I've never mentioned them to anybody in my family. It's like, what are they going to do about it? You know, um, then, you know, so we have some weird things, you know, just like how my outlook on life, kind of me being alone. Then we have here's my situation and my own little, ne- ne- you know, very specific neuroses. <laughs> and then we get into girls. <laughs> so that was the next grade, seventh. And you always have these when you first start looking at uh, people you might have a crush on or something. Um, and I remember her name, too. Of course, you know, why do you have to have a crush on somebody that's popular? I don't know why. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the unicorn, you know? It's like, oh, there's only the one of her and everybody. And and it's always the popular guy, you know? Yeah. And, it's just like, yeah. why couldn't it have just been somebody that was just not to say common per se, but attainable maybe that's a word <laughs> right right i'll take the wallflower thank you yeah. yes thank you she's cute yeah so yeah i don't know why i even remember her birthday um february 19th um i don't know why i bought her a birthday card and i gave it to her which you know for, even then it takes a lot of guts for a 12 year or 13 year old to do that <laughs> and i i it caught her by surprise she said thank you or whatever and da, da, da. find out later, she really didn't care. She actually gave it to her friends and they were all making fun of me because of that. It's like I became a joke. So what I learned from that is I never approached another girl again. I'm still hesitant of, of uh, uh, you know, anybody having any interest in me. Every girl friend that I've had since then, and it's not like there was a, been a ton because I didn't have one for three years. My first one, three, four years after that. They all approached me. I never approach another person again. Because I still have that other neuroses that why would you think that I am attractive or I'm somebody that you're interested in? Because that just showed me at that point that how could I be inter- interesting to anybody? You know, it's 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 interesting that things like that happen at such an early age. How old are you said? You were 12 years old. And now uh, you're 13 you know, at that. Yeah. 13. And now you're, you know, you're not that you're 30 I'm plus 50 years. years later. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And it's, it's amazing that that stuff sticks with you, you know? Um, oh yeah. The human I, condition is really fragile. Like it's, it's, it's really amazing. Like, yeah. 
there are certain situations where I, I, I will say the exact opposite too. It's kind of funny. Like, Oh my God, the human condition is so resilient, but then you have these like little cracks of things that happen in this, you know, this, this, you know, you look at this really strong, you know, sword and it's amazing. But if you get right up and close to it, you look at it with a microscope, there's all these little fissures and, and broken things on it. So it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Well, it's, Sorry, it's, like, yeah. it's like you said, I mean, as you can tell, it's like, if you, I, you can keep them buried in you, but if you, it's not like it's horrible to talk about, but the thing is, it's like it just happened five minutes ago when you talk about it, <laughs> you know, which is the, the the weird thing about, like you say, whatever the condition that the memory or what it's connected to will still have that same impact, you know, no matter how much time has passed. And, and those, and it's not in these cases, none of those were positive things, but if you can also look, and I was listening to, was I said, oh, I was listening to some uh, interviews today with uh, Arlo Guthrie, and I don't know if you know who he is. Um, no, if, can you, you have you heard of um, yeah, have you heard of uh, Woody Guthrie, folk singer? Yes, yes, I have okay. actually. Weirdly enough, I have. Yeah, <laughs> this is his one of his sons. Okay, All and right. he and he uh, went on a musical career in the uh, mid '60s and since. And he did Alice's Restaurant, um, City of New Orleans, coming into Los Angeles, etc. Right, right, right. Okay, all right. I'm, so, I'm starting to get an idea. All right. So I was listening to some, you know, uh, some of his interviews. A really fascinating person. And similarly, he was saying, you know, like at concerts and whatnot, you know, what people want to hear and how it affects them, because he can play these songs from 50 years ago and it doesn't affect him the way it affects some because he keeps playing them which he doesn't mind playing these things but he says like an audience somebody in the audience will connect it to a memory and just the memories that will and i do that with music that's probably why i love music and i uh, have a vast collection is that Certain things like music will take you back to certain memories. Something you were doing at a certain time, music can bring you back there to that feeling, to that time, to, you know, to remember that time. I mean, other things can too. Smells, certain things I can smell will take me back to. Why does this remind me of Texas? I don't remember why. Something when I was three or four years old, but I don't know why. I, you know, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think. You're right. You're 100% right. And I think sound is the strongest one because there's a, there, you could be having a conversation with somebody and you could be having, you could have had this exact same conversation with somebody else 20 years earlier. And you could be talking to that person. And as you're talking about to that person about said subject in your head, you're reliving that other conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, ergo, you know, um, yeah, you, you're doing something or something is happening at a specific moment. And that whatever Dylan song that was in the background or the Beatles song was just playing at that moment. And, and, you know, it takes me right back there. I, I, I'm going to jump in here real quick with a quick little kind of moment of mine is, is for me, um, the first time I ever really told a female that I was in love with her, like just true, 
you know, no, not holding anything back, tears in my eyes kind of thing was, and then, you know, um, I, I said that and the background was uh, Pink Floyd's Comfortably Numb. <laughs> and it, I was just like, and it was just like, I mean, if you know the song, you can just, you can kind of imagine the mood that that brings. And then you tell somebody something like that. And it was just, for me, that has been tattooed in my mind. Every time I hear Comfortably Numb, I know I, I see the picture on her face and I see, you know, um, you know, the result of that and whatnot. And, and it was, it's, it's crazy. And I, I you know, oh, yeah. and yeah, the smells come back, the sounds and, and the tastes and everything like I, I'm there all of a sudden. So, but oh, yeah. yeah, amazingly, uh, there's, there's many like that for the first person I, I dated my first girlfriend. Um, and even my, 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 uh, not as much my second girlfriend. Uh, it was kind of been be- being burned from the first one. So my second one was a, in a different sort of position in, in my life. Uh, and then I met my wife and, you know, and but things went different ways there. But uh, my, is, uh, yeah, I met my wife as my third girlfriend and she's now my wife, but th- we were married to other people in between. <laughs> um, but still, even for her, there are certain things from back when that when this comes on, this is what I'm associating with you and this specific thing. And the last song I played from the last time that we were dating, that's here's this song. (laughs) But yeah, when I get to it, like you say, you know, with these things, you know, how it affects you, you know, my personality. I'll, I tend to be, as you know, a bit of a smart ass or dumb, depending on, you know, feel like what I say or not. That's a revelation. Uh, I've never heard that. No, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hard to believe. That's me being a smart ass. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> You're not as good at it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. Part of it is like, okay, I'm going to insult myself before you ass- insult me. And I will be not necessarily a class clown, but if I can't get, you know, if I can disarm you by la- getting you to laugh or be funny or something before you get on my case or try and uh, degrade, you know, me that started developing um, and still go on. I, I have a diff. I still do it for that reason. You know, funnily enough, and this just crossed my mind, you know, prior to this, my mother's made the, the comment before about me that before when I was growing up, I was always really happy. I'd go up to people, shake their hands, and I was really, really happy. And she'd go, but something happened. <laughs> she still doesn't know what that changed me. And I think it was all of these things that I turned into a you know more introverted sort of person. But I go out of my way for entertaining. I do it a little different now. I still have that those things affecting me, and I still do that um, for a defense mechanism. But I also, I think, like it now as a, it's turned into a mental exercise. Just what can happen in a conversation that I can play off of and just, you know, go that way. I kind of like it for myself because I don't plan these things. They just, I'll take that moment and just make these snap things, you know, these uh, correlations and and connections and come up with something. And to me, it's kind of a mental exercise um, to, to be able to do that. Well, it does, it does require a sharp wit to kind of, 
you know, playoff words as, as situations are unfolding or as conversations are happening. So, you know, I will give you that. Um, <laughs> I, I think here's me, you know, be psychoanalyzing with my many <laughs> psychoanalyzing degrees I have behind me. Um, where's the doctor? Where's the doctor? Right. <laughs> yeah. Where is she? Yeah. Um, no, but realistically, I, 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 I do the same sometimes too on certain things. I will make fun of myself about a specific thing that I don't like about myself because I feel that if I'm to be made fun of it, it lessens the blow. It makes it easier for me to take the punishment for it. Is that right? Punishment? I don't know. I mean, take the heat, take the heat. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I understand that. It's the same thing, you know, uh, it just kind of lighten the load. Yeah, yeah. But if I hadn't done this, you know, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But hey, what do we want? I just swing on monkey bars. I don't know anything. You know, <laughs> that sort of thing, you know, just to lighten it up. Um, but on the other hand, and you'll know this or notice it, that if we're just joking around or just talking and I throw in my comments, and especially if it's a discussion, a lot of what I say can be taken a couple ways. That right, I, I, you like you know, the hondoms and, and things, and <laughs> yeah, it's like you could take it as a joke, but you also might want to look at it what I'm saying in another way too. Just I'm being subtle without calling you out on something that right. I'm I am pointing out something, but I'm just I don't want to come down on you, so I'll say it this way. And it's, you know, again, that's still a mental exercise to do that. But a lot of my stuff is at two edged things. Um, you can ignore it if you want, and it's fine. Or not, you may not even know it. And that's just a laugh on my part. Then it's like, I, I am trying to say something, but, you know, whatever. But it also saves me from being called out because you can take it the other way without, you know, the other underlying part. So it's just another another level of um, it's not deceit, but just of a. uh um, shield, a veil. yeah, a shield armor, yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I feel like it's I feel like it's an armor, but it's a very porous armor. Oh yeah, it's not necessarily the best, and it's not the most unique. Um, but I think I'm pretty good at it. I I kind of enjoy the uh, tit for tat, as it were, the repartee. Um of being this way my wife says can you stop for a while <laughs> you know with the puns <laughs> and all this it's right. like no not really this is just how i am this is how my mind works now. Uh, she knew what she married come on exactly <laughs> so it's like you know maybe she always said you were always so quiet before it's like well you know we were dating <laughs> right you're trying to be on your best behavior you know now that we're married (laughs) married no you know just get used to it you know i can say hey why don't you you know pick up your clothes i washed them put them away you know (laughs) right 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 so yeah so those were the three things you know that stick in my mind i know there are three the three major ones um funnily you know there's things that stick in your mind it was funny something came up just the other day one of the girls um and i don't know what specifically it is but um, that I grew up with, we, we were somewhat neighbors. I think they lived like two blocks over in one of the houses we lived at. And then we moved to a different house. So we went to a different school. So we used to play around. Some of, our, some of us were similar ages with brothers and sisters. 
and so I knew her and really didn't see her again until actually high school. Yeah, I liked her. She was just, you know, the normal person I knew from growing up. But fun, I don't know why, but the day, last day of school graduates, they were going to a breakfast for the seniors or whatever. And she had this yellow sundress on, I remember, on the bus. And I don't know why that sticks in my mind. I think she had a, a hat that matched with it. She's tall, too. She's probably six feet tall. And I, I, that, that picture has been in my mind forever. And she, uh, I see some of the things on Facebook about her and something, she has some kind of cancer. She's trying to get treated. And I sent her, I, I never send messages on Facebook. You know, it's just like, I don't expect people to, again, not people to like me, but so I don't send anything out. It's like, I can't be disappointed if I send something out and nobody answers. So, so I just won't send anything out. Right, uh, right. I kind of went outside my box and sent something in February and she just answered it because <laughs> I said, I hope you're doing fine with, you know, your treatments or whatever. And so we had a slight chat a couple days ago. That's good. And, and I That's threw nice. it out. I threw it out there. It's like, you know, the one the memories I remember you as you, of you is that on the bus that day, you in your yellow dress. She says, Oh my God, how do you remember that? I totally forgot about it. <laughs> right. Just, like, it was just one of those things that happened. Yeah. It's just one of those things that happened that this is what you were wearing and it's just stuck in my mind, you know? Yeah. Michael, we got 30 seconds left. We, how you want to, what do you want to leave on? Uh, let's see. Um, how was that? Oh, I already said that, you know, you know, um, something about Bugs Bunny. That's oh, all, wow. folks. That's all. Yeah, that no, that's Porky. That's uh, not is that Porky Pig? That's Porky Pig. Oh yeah, yeah. Something about you know, uh, keep on laughing. You'll or, or I'd say, don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out alive. <laughs> nice. All right, Michael. I appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Dun, dun, dun.